Hey, Katie. Guess what? Um, do you want me to guess or do you just want me to say what? I want you to guess. Okay. Uh, 14. That's it. Oh, got it in one. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. Was, this... what, what, what was I guessing? The name of this podcast. It's 14 oh. now. Okay. Today's episode is called 14 for uh, no reason and no one's going to get it. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is 14, Pizza My Heart with Katie Petrella and... Okay, but the thing is, you? we've had a, we've had an episode 14. So... But this is 14.2. Okay. And you, you're not concerned that that's going to be uh, confusing for people? No, it definitely will be. But that's part of the fun. We won't really name it. for. We'll just name the title 14, and we can write Fort, <laughs> F-O-R-T, dash, teen. Okay. Like a teenager. Yeah, welcome to Fort Teen. This is where we keep uh, all, the, all the chips. What are teens like? Mountain mm, middle Dew. parts. Yeah, the the fucking the recipe for middle parts, like the secrets. How many hairs uh, should be on each side of your head exactly? Yes, that's crucial. And hot? No, not hot pockets. Um, what's the what? Uh, pizza rolls. Do teens yeah. still eat pizza rolls today? Uh, to totine totinos totine tostitos. No, totinos. They eat pizza rolls. So They're there's not tostitos. Tostinos. Toast no. Well, okay, so toasty nose is when you are wearing a scarf and you put your face really close to a fire. There's Tostitos, which is a brand of chips. They do like <laughs> oh. the scoops. Um Scoop that's a slam. That's, and then there's pizza rolls, which is by uh Totinos. Wow, this is just too much for me. This is why I'm not a teenager anymore. Yeah, being a teen is tough because you have to keep all the brands straight. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> if you go to the pizza rolls wiki, it's very small. But under the C also, there's Pocket Sandwich. Okay. Which is just like its own Wikipedia page. Pocket Sandwich. Pocket Sandwich. Like a Hot Pocket? A sandwich which is made using a single piece of folded or hollowed bread, such as pita. So Pocket Sandwiches are Hot Pockets, Fugasse, which is... So I don't know a French Fugazi? thing. Fugazi, cal- like the singer. <laughs> yeah, it's Fugazi. Um, there's calzone, stromboli, pita, uh, runza or runza. I've not heard of this. Pepperoni roll. That's like a West Virginia thing. What about stromboli? Um, stromboli is the fourth one I said. Yeah. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and hot dogs apparently are a pocket sandwich. Oh. Who and, well, this person knew. Yeah, and McStuffins, a form of the pocket sandwich served at McDonald's in 1993. Not very popular if it only has one year next to it. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say I don't remember that, but I was one year old, so it's probably yeah. why I don't remember like that. Negative one and a half. You were still cooking, huh? I was, yeah. Like, I was, a, little, I was, like a little pocket sandwich. <laughs> I was the little pocket sandwich at the time. <laughs> um... Speaking and, of pocket sandwiches. Sure, whatever. Oh, by the way, my name's Evan. I don't think I ever introduced myself, but this is Pizza My Heart. This is Pizza Pizza Roll My Heart. Pizza My Roll? Roll My Heart? What's best? Pizza Roll My Heart? I think that might be the one. Pizza Roll My Heart. Pizza Roll My Heart, okay. Pizza Roll Away With My Heart. 
Pizza Roll Away the Stone by Mumford oh. and Sons. Pizza or? Roll Away the Stone. There'll be cheese when you get home. Oh, that's very good. Where you're but- leery head to rest. We're gonna game some more. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. No, but we're here actually to talk about a very special musician today, Evan. Who's that? You. Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait. No one told me. We're talking about me? a little birdie flew to me in Brooklyn from Syracuse and said, Evan put out a new album and it has more to read. Is that and what I the said, bird said to you? That's what the bird said to me. It was like, twiddly diddly dee, more to read. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> really? And I, I went to Spotify and uh, I was hopping and a bopping all night long to your album. And Yeah, my album that is all uh, rock and robin covers. <laughs> yeah, it's just bird samples. Um, So... <laughs> Yeah, we're going to talk about all the different bird samples you used and what kind of bird feet you used on the drums instead of those little tassely things. Oh, yeah, we got, we, we got a chicken and we sort of just like put it. Ben just held a chicken. The chicken is also called Ben Muller. So it was very not like uh, not difficult to sort of uh, keep that kind of a secret. But I guess it's out now. A wow. chicken recorded the drums. Whoa, and, oh, pretty impressive album, considering they don't have thumbs. Right, exactly. Well, they use their feet. You hold them above the, the drums and you sort of get this very specific chicken sounds. That's the uh, origin of, of uh, cluck, cluck and roll, uh, cluck and roll music. <laughs> anyway, yeah, the album's called More to Read and it came out uh, September 1st of 2020. So Took that bird you know, a long time to fly to me. Hey, look, it take birds birds are slow these days, you know? Yeah, busy helping out the USPS, I guess. Which stands for United States Pigeon Services. Um so yeah, <laughs> no. so what what's the format today? We've got some we've got some questions. Uh, uh I asked some folks for questions if they wanted to know anything about the album and you're going to ask me some of those and uh, then we'll we'll take a listen to some tracks here and there and just uh, you know, get into this because this is kind of a a unique opportunity to to sort of I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to kind of be like the song, uh, neutral mm. about it and not kind of be too crazy and and talk about things uh, from uh, you know the per- perspective of me as a reviewer, even though it's my album. But we also you know have the person who made it on there, so we have. Well, a, don't worry, I'll keep the balance and I'll be extra hard on you. Yes, exactly. You can, anything that you see wrong, you let me know. Uh, <laughs> um, so, no, um, I hear, I hear you. you. Well, when you used to be able to come to the city, you played a lot of your songs on acoustic in the evening. So yes. I felt pretty familiar with a handful of these songs, but I'm happy to talk about them and also talk about how I feel about some of these questions because I haven't read all of them, but maybe one of them will be real weird. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, there's, they're pretty t- tame questions for the most part. Well, what the hell? All right. Yeah. There's a really good one that I think we should start with, though, if we're going to like sure. get into it. Ready? Yeah, because normally we do instant foods and bands you haven't heard of, but uh, instant food's a little harder because of uh, my imposed dietary restrictions and also us not being near each other. 
Uh, so it's a little harder to organize. But. Yeah. But we'll I can try ask to get you this a question in sure, an yeah. instant. All right. So this first question comes from Sarah Ali. And they ask, what was your favorite beverage to consume while writing the album? Mm. Yeah. So this album has mostly happened during the time that I've switched to mainly drinking water as a beverage. You know, I'm not like a coffee drinker so much, so it's not like I was, you know, up late night in the studio, had to had to crank some some Starbucks shots or anything, you know. <laughs> so it's mostly water, but Ben and I like to go to Taco Bell after recording sessions or, or just, you know, when we jam. That's kind of, it's very easy for him as a vegetarian to eat there. So we, we go to Taco Bell and Taco Bell is all Pepsi products. I'm going to say water as an answer to this question, but I'm also going to use this as an opportunity to say something that is kind of an unpopular opinion. Baja Blast is overrated. And I think that Taco Bell made Baja Blast an exciting thing because it's rare. So they literally played the market by making it a specialty. And so everyone thinks it's way better than it is. I don't think it's bad. Sometimes I'll go to Taco Bell and get a Baja Blast. But if I'm going to get a soda, I'm going to get a Pepsi. I think Pepsi is a great cola. A lot of people will say that it's inferior to Coke. I would disagree with that. I think that it is a smoother cola. I think Coke can be really sharp. If you are the kind of person who doesn't like ice in their drinks, and I don't, I want it to be served cold. Have you ever drank a Coke that gets a little warm? It's very hard to eat, or it's very hard to drink. It's kind of a, it's hard, it's very hard to eat as well. But it's like, Pepsi warms a little better. I'm not trying to drink warm Pepsi, but like if it if it gets past cold, it's still tolerable. And I think that that's important. Hmm. So, yeah. Good thoughts. Good thoughts. I Thanks. like that your drink of choice was water and it was very healthy. Very healthy. I try to be healthy, you know. Let me get some water right now while you prep the next question. Okay. I think this is another good question to kind of start us off before we listen to anything. But um, sure. Miles asks, what do you use for recording and mixing and how did you start learning it? So this album was mixed and recorded and mastered by Ben Muller from the band Low Ceilings. And we became friends in high school because we took uh, recording technique classes together. So we learned in Pro Tools, which is you know somewhat of an industry standard, I believe. For a while, we both were mainly using something called Studio One. Uh, but for this album, we actually switched to Logic, which is Apple's garage band, but for Sirius. That was suggested by Spencer, who was, you know, the other advisor on this album musically. You know, we both use uh, Focusrite Scarlet interfaces. You know, Ben went to school for audio design at Emerson, and he's really, really talented. So he's got loads of mic options and stuff like that. He's got, you know, great acoustics for the situation that he has in his house. Fully mics the drum kit, and it's a really good branch between DIY and studio. You know, it's a home studio, but it's not all this crazy big stuff. It's just a laptop and an interface, but you know, people who kind of know what they're doing. And I think that that's a cool sound. Cool. Miles has one more question for you. Sure. And I think the song, we should listen to it after I ask it to kind of show, uh, to illustrate what he's asking (laughs) this question. Sure. So Miles says, how did you write such good lines for Save Quit? I like this because I know that wordplay is important to you. So looking forward to your answer and listening to the song. 
Yeah, so I think folks who listen to my songs and pay attention to the lyrics or who have listened to my songs for a while now, because this is actually my fourth album under Evan Diem and probably my sixth studio album under any project. I do a lot of subverting idioms. It's one of my favorite things. So I like to take a common phrase like, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You know, kind of adjust that a little bit and think, how can I approach this from a different point of view? Uh, How can I flip this? Like, okay, absence makes the heart grow fonder. What else happens in that situation? And what's an interesting way to frame that? So a lot of it is just like, I take a phrase and I think, what's another way to look at that? And that's one of my favorite things to do. The song Idiomsyncrasy on Narcissus is also a lot of that. If I can do that while staying within a concept and an overarching point like in Save Quit, which is like infidelity in a relationship, it, it's it's really fun to see that come together. You know. Cool. I also like this song, so I think we should listen to it. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, let's do that. Desperate thoughts start to haunt her. Doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Or it makes your death a lot longer. Running out of slots to save on. me once shame on you hurt me twice shame on you so evan is there a place where you put your lyrics yes on Bandcamp. oh my gosh and i should have been yeah. reading along there this whole time Yes. I mean, I'm such a proponent of posting the lyrics. I, I, I It would be scandalous of me not to put them somewhere. Um, yeah, all my lyrics on evandm.bandcamp.com. Okay, so the thing I like most about the song is that it's like actually quite short. That sounds mean. <laughs> but like, <laughs> You said you were going to be mean. No, no, no. There's just like a lot happening lyrically and narratively, but without like very large or long verses or like a big like slap happy chorus to really drive the point home. I like that because what I think you're doing, maybe you're not, is you're rhyming an A-B rhyme scheme instead of having a chorus. Is that true? So this is called strophic format. It basically means that you just have a bunch of verses over and over with no chorus. So it's actually AAA, BBB, CCC, DDD, EEE rhyme scheme, where each of those letters is, they're, they're, they're the same like line lengths and everything. Well, my favorite thing, not to like not circle back to that question, but sure. thank you. Thank you for explaining that to me. My favorite thing that I can never ask musicians, so I'm going to ask you. Do it. What is this song about? So this is also an interesting thing is because I know you're a great, you know, interpreter of music. So I want to know what you think first. Like, what do you get from it? Yeah. 
because I know you and because I know like the world that we've been living in and because I know the travel you were doing, I feel like this is a person that you saw potential partnership in, but because of the world, maybe it couldn't have happened or something happened. Seems like it wants to be a love song, but it's a sad song instead. Mm, interesting. So this is a great time to answer one of the questions from Chris, who asked, what's the oldest song in this album, which is Save Quit, which was actually written in the summer of 2016. Ooh, so, college days. Yeah. So this is actually a song about one of my friends who was who had this sort of on and off relationship with someone who they had cheated on. I think at least once and maybe a couple times. Uh, so, th- I mean, this uh, this song is not from my point of view. It's from, you know, the the partner of my friend who, you know, is also my bud. Uh, like, I, I, I like him. And, uh, you know, he's also big into video games. So I took inspiration from that, which mm. is why the song is called Save Quit. It was originally called Forgiveness, but that's kind of a boring song title. Ben and I workshop names for it and we're like, oh, Save Quit is like, hey, you know, like when you're exiting a video game, do you want to leave and start over, you know, the next time you start up again? Or do you want to like take a break and then go back to where you were, which is kind of the impasse that you get to when you're in a situation like this in a relationship where it's like, you know, you've cheated on me. So we can either take a like figure this out and then keep going or I'm done and I'm going to start a relationship with someone else. And mm-hmm. uses idioms to to flip those concepts. Oh, well, that's really fun. I mean, not fun for those people. No, it's not fun for them. <laughs> or it wasn't fun for them, hoping they resolved things by now. But um, still fun, fun kind of way to come up with a title. And like, I know you appreciate wordplay and puns, so. Absolutely. Cool. Let me pick another question. Are you ready? I wish we had these huh? in a hat. And then we could just pull them out of a hat and it would be like really random, you know? Oh, if only we had a pizzazzed hat. Oh man, I should have listened to Pizzazz My Hat by that other Katie. Okay. <clears throat> what was your favorite track to work on from Danny? Dandelions. Um, so I think that People Face is probably that. It's very intense. It's a lot of fun. I really loved figuring out the guitar solo because it's, you know, it's there, there isn't a huge amount of space for it. So it was like, what can we fit in here? And how can we make this song just really, really go hard? And, um, you know, that's, uh, that, that was just, you know, a really exciting thing to figure out and to see the final version of. Ooh, why was it hard to figure out? What do you mean? Well, you said it was really hard to figure out. When you don't have many like measures to work with for a guitar solo, you've got to like figure out what sounds you can use to represent the kind of feeling that you're going for with a guitar solo. Because like I usually use them kind of to represent something, like either if it's just like generally, you know, energy or if there's some like deeper meta meaning to it, like the guitar solo on More to Read has a there's a reason why there is a long guitar solo there and with people face it's very short and so it was like how hard can we go with this and like what can we do that's gonna really capture that and so that was just kind of uh it was a it was a fun challenge oh well what do you say we listen to that segment of people face oh just the solo 
Yeah, why not? I mean, yeah, you and I can listen to the whole in. song, but we can chuck in the <laughs> solo. Perfect. Yeah, so so while I was listening to that, I was counting, you know, kind of the to the point of the amount of space we had is that guitar solo is only like 17 notes, which is not really many. You know, when you think about a guitar solo, often you think about like in rock songs where they're sort of shredding, being faced with the challenge of like, we don't have a lot of space here, so how can we make it count um, is, is a very cool thing. Yeah, I really like that song because it's kind of, um, it's harder than some of your other tracks. Yes, it's very it's a bit heavy. more. Yeah, it's more metal in terms of like sound versus like acoustic. Yeah, um, which I think is is very interesting because that song's just about a cat. People face. Yeah. Oh wait, is it about the cat that used to live at your apartment? No, it's about a cat I met in Canada, who uh, belonged to my friend Anna. But that cat actually uh, sadly passed away in August, I believe. So rest in peace to to Bailey, the cat with the weird face that looked like a person. Oh, well, I like it that it was like a heavy metal cat. I'm not. A, yeah. I don't think it's too hard for a cat. I think people really think fits. that cats need to be like girly, but they don't. Exactly. Heavy metal kitty. Heavy medi. Wow. Heavy medi kitty. He- <laughs> heavy medi. How are you heavy feeling? Medi. Heavy medi. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> Do you have a question that you want to answer? Because we're both looking at the same document. Um, Jimbers uh, from Cosmonaut Cassettes asked, not explicitly a question, but said, I'd love to hear some specific stories about folks some of the songs are about. I was going to talk about Bailey from People Face, uh, who sadly passed away, like the day after uh, People Face came out as a single on Spotify, which was kind of like, oh, Oh no. Wow. Wow. Wasn't expecting that. So the song Whole Heart Shape is about my friend Molly Iglinski Hotailing, and I officiated her wedding. I think I quoted like the last line from Whole Heart Shape. Like, we'll hold each piece in place and make a whole heart shape. Because like that was just something I was saying to her. And it kind of felt like no one else there knew that I was quoting that because it wasn't really me quoting it to say, hey. I wrote this song about it. it was me saying here's an opportunity for me to nail home what I meant in this song which is like when someone is going through a hard time like as a friend group as a support system you have to be there for them and seeing how things have gone for Molly from that really tough time for her to you know her wedding is was huge and I think it kind of solidified you know, what that song is supposed to to represent. Um, but the fun fact there is that she was actually taking a nap on the couch in the room when I was writing the song Save Quit. Uh, and she took a nap and then I wrote that song and she was asleep for the whole time <laughs> that I was writing it. Um, and uh, one of the other things, you know, in case anyone was wondering, the person more to read about is, uh, you know, we're now, we're now good friends, which I'm happy with. And... The ex-girlfriend, whose boyfriend Blocked is about, has since unfriended me on Facebook, so I don't know if she heard the album. I hope she liked it, Uh, if that was any reason why. But I do genuinely hope she's well, and um, 
you know, like the important thing that I like to nail home in that song is like, it's not about her. It's about how, you know, boyfriends can be jealous. And it's like, there's no threat or inherent issue to like being friends with your exes. Like as long as you manage that relationship and communicate where your boundaries are and everyone's respectful, there's no reason that you have to stop, you know, being friends with or associating with someone you used to love just because Mm -hmm. they now love someone else more. I don't think that those things have to, like one has to, you know, push the other out. But yeah, that was interesting. I found out that, found that out the other day. Interesting. Well, you guys have a lot of physical space between you, so. Yes, which was also one of the cruxes of the song. I think it'll be okay. Yeah, I think it's fine. I was going to talk about that song with you, but you already talked about it, so that's fine. Let's see. Ooh, okay. Jumping off of that last bit about being blocked. um, What song was the most fun to record? Ask Ilya. Yeah, so uh, I was actually going to say blocked for that. Uh, It's it was really fun to write. There are a lot of really fun phrasings in there. I just, I really love the instrumental. I remember writing that song and just being so excited about it. And you know, I I you know recorded the demo and then the uh, the actual version, you know, which we did, you know, nearly two years later, ended up being you know very similar. Uh, so I was able to hold over a lot of the things that I really liked about that song and the instrumentation. That song, I love the energy in it, and uh, there's some lines in it that I'm just uh, really proud of. It's a great one. It's uh, one one of my faves on the album. But in case uh, that person is a listener, maybe we won't play that one in full. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't really want to rub it in anymore. But um, <laughs> no, it's like it's all love. It's like that was a uh, emotion that I was feeling for like a month. That was something mm-hmm. that was in my head, and I wrote the song. And you know, I still think it's kind of whack. I when people are jealous, you know, for no good reason. Or I also think that there's definitely like ways that I could have handled that boundary better in order Mm -hmm. to be more respectful of their relationship. So like, I'm not even saying that they were entirely unjustified in, in feeling some type of way about it, but I think that there are better ways to communicate. And, uh, I think that you definitely can't, you know, take control over someone's social media because you don't like, you know, because you feel, you know, insecure or at least that's what I was getting from that situation so you know yeah. it's it's not something that I hold a grudge about it was like that's how I felt when I wrote that song and mm-hmm. you know yeah and that's a healthy way I think to deal with feelings anyway yeah. so you know kudos to you hey, thanks. Um, that's what songwriting is all about yeah it's solving problems okay Sophie asks which song took the longest to finish and which song came to you more easily? Yeah, so I think most of the songs come pretty easily. I sit down and write them, and like I get the idea for it, and then I finish it. A lot of songs I write during February album writing month, where you know the goal is to write 14 songs in 28 days. So you kind of, once you get into it, there's kind of this mental space that that affords me, where I'm like in it, and then I write it, and I finish it, you know? And that's really helpful. And sometimes I will kind of be in the emotion and I'll write a little bit and think, "Mm, I'm going to take a break from this because I don't want to write emotional 
because that's not a very good way to process the emotion. You want to maybe use the emotion to get you to a starting place and then process it and then come back to it where you can sort of analyze it from a, a calmer, clearer point of view and you can put more nuance in it because I think that that's really important. But most of them come pretty easily. More to Read probably took the longest. I wrote the first two verses, then I left it for like seven months. I just wasn't really feeling that feeling anymore because like I had, you know, talked to this person and kind of gotten to, you know, where our relationship ended up being. And I was fine with that, you know? Um, So I just eventually sort of got back into it and thought, well, I should finish this. But I wrote such a complex rhyme scheme that I was like, ugh, the kind of thing I've set myself up for is more difficult. And I ended up having to write three more verses. I knew I wanted to say something important in the chorus, but I didn't know what specifically. So I had to find that. And, you know, that's, I think, probably why that's like the song, whenever people say, what are you most proud of? It's probably that one because I worked really hard on it and I knew that there was something I wanted to get out of it. And I, I got it. Well, you know what else about that song, Evan? Oh, what else about that song? It's my favorite one. We should listen to it. <gasps> yeah, let's do that. Push the waste aside and get over it. There's no place for pride. If I only tried, you try again. So for this to end, let me know when and I am there. Maybe you'll go with it. Cause I've been working on securing the eviction notice. And if I could talk with conviction, then I think I'd solve it. I wouldn't think about you if I knew what to think about you. Maybe I still the song and because I don't know I like the I like the repeat I like the repeat of the chorus at the end it's very sing it's like very like enticing the chorus is like oh we could definitely I can picture the audience all singing along yeah yeah, yeah. swaying to that one that's like a crowd pleaser but um I'm a very big sandwich song person mm. um I'm gonna describe what this means to you like a pocket I, sandwich Kinda. I really like when first and last song, last tracks, I should say, on an album seem to connect like a pocket sandwich. Interesting. Like one okay. big piece of lyrical pita. Tell me, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a fun little bit of information, but I wanna know how you think that those two connect. Okay. I think they could be about either a similar feeling for you. Um, not necessarily the same person or potentially the start and end of a journey with someone. That's it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, to be pulled isn't about a specific person. I have associations with different people, but one of those people is the same person more to read is about. So that's pretty, you know, astute observation or, or an interesting kind of uh, intuition there. But I actually had uh, Joseph Limber from Cosmonaut Cassettes, who we talked about two episodes ago. He was actually uh, big in organizing the flow of this album because he really is into sequencing for albums and 
I also like sequencing, but I knew that if I asked him for a secondary opinion, I was going to have a better opportunity of having this overarching story, which is you can definitely listen to this album and interpret it as a relationship, you know, where people kind of come together from some uncertain circumstances. And then there's obviously issues around the middle. You know, there's a lot of coping and there's moving on. But then by the end, you know, you kind of get to this place where there's still some uncertainty, but you're you're not sad. You're just looking for more information, you know, Mm -hmm. like you just want to continue finding out what's going on here. But you've gotten past the important part, which I think is good. Like, I, I think it's more important when you go through something, you know, a tough relationship thing is to process it and move on. And moving on doesn't mean closure. It just means knowing you're not torn up about it constantly. And um, that doesn't mean that you know everything that you feel. It just means that you can find that out where if the answer is bad, it's not going to destroy you. And I think that that's a really important thing. And uh, Jimbers did a really good job of kind of bringing that concept out fully. There were a couple things where I was like, "Mm, these songs can't be next to each other. This has to be here. But for the most part, he is uh, he is responsible for, you know, making those two songs connect, I think, as a beginning and an end. Oh, and Mm -hmm. also the person who that song is about likes an artist who does these really big soaring guitar solos. And I was like, well, this song's going to go out at the end of the album. Let's go out with a big soaring guitar solo. You know, you know, like I talked about with the guitar solo having a meta meaning behind it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm a sucker for guitar solos, too. We talked about that on Comfy's album. Yeah. Oh, Connor definitely knows how to rip a guitar solo. Not that you don't, Absolutely. but I get a little swoony over Connor's <laughs> guitar solo sometimes. All right. Um, to kind of couple off like the challenge of like organizing the album and deciding, you know, what goes first versus 14th. Just kidding. Um, But Mateus asks, what was the most challenging decision or part of the mixing process? So that's a really interesting question. Also, considering the fact that this took place, you know, a lot of the process of finishing this album took place, you know, remotely. But the nice thing is that Ben and I have been doing music together since 2012, I think. So the communication there is very easy. But this was the first album where I was not a part of mixing pretty much at all. So the difficult part is communicating to Ben what I want to change and seeing if he can do it. So it's not stressful because we have great communication. And if he thinks something's a bad idea, he'll tell me and he won't do it. And I think that's great because like, you have to be able to, as an artist, say, hey, can you do this? And the 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 person saying, yeah, I can, but I don't think it's going to work how you think it will. And um, I love Ben's music, so I'm cool with whatever he wants to do for the most part. Um, but yeah, it, it was actually not, not too difficult, which was really nice. I think our communication is uh, a big part of that. Wow. Well, you know what, Evan? Something has to be difficult for you. So I'm going to ask you another question about (laughs) difficulties. Um, And that is from Everett Virtual Boy Hall. What part, if any, made you think, screw this, I'm out? (laughs) (laughs) So 
honestly, I am not a great singer. My vocals have gotten a lot better over the years, but I am still not great with pitch. And I don't like write any of my melodies down. So I just have to practice them a lot to be able to do them properly. And sometimes you're just working on a song and it's just like hard to get it to sound good or sound right or get the energy you want out of it, but also be supported and also hitting notes and not really relying on tuning the vocals after the fact, you know, which there was a little bit of that on cat pictures because that one was so like, I'm not good at singing cat pictures. Like if I'm not playing the guitar at the same time. So there was a little bit of that there, but for the most part, it was just like, Oh, sometimes you just, you, you take a vocal take 14 times and you think, I just can't do this anymore. But I th- I think, you know, this is an opportunity to say that like there was a song on this album that we cut because it was just like this is going to be too much work and that was uh Broken Shell, which uh, mm-hmm. I'll talk about that a little later with one of the other questions that I think we're going to get to, but yeah, sometimes you just think, well, if this song is going to take a lot of work for it to sound how we want it to, maybe we should just shelve it for now, maybe put it on something else, you know? Mm. Well, speaking of cut pictures being the most difficult song to record vocally, uh, Hamish wants to know, how did the people from Cat Pictures land? I hope they are well. So I asked my friend Jan. He said they're good. He said that they're uh, they are good friends. Good, good. All right, Evan. So there's a song I really want to listen to. So there's a question coincidentally that someone asked that will lead us to that point. So thank you, Danny Dandelions. Um, They want to know what's the inspiration slash story behind to be pulled. Sure. So this song has two meanings and you can interpret it either way, depending on, you know, how you're feeling or which relates to you more. It's either about coming out or having imperfect teeth. It's kind of weird to see how those two things uh, relate, but I focus on people's mouths when they talk, and I notice a lot about people's teeth, and I know that teeth are something that people get judged on, and unfairly. Like, if you have, you know, imperfect teeth, people will think less of you, and there's not really any reason for that. And so I wanted to write a positive song about that, and I wrote the first line, which is, um, you can take a break from being perfect and straight, And I realized that could be interpreted about, you know, coming out as gay or bi or or trans or whatever. And those are also things that aren't bad, but people will judge you for, for no reason. And I thought that it would be really interesting to tie those two things together. I wanted to see, could I write a whole song that can be entirely interpreted in one way and entirely interpreted in another way, and they don't have to cross over or they can. And that, you know, that's that's to be pulled. I remember when you were working on this song, actually. So I'm excited that it's here. So let's listen to it. Sure. You can have your back turned or be too big. You'll see nobody else go as far as you did. If when you came out, you were told to be less bold. Just know if they tear you out, you'll come back gold. You made it hard to swallow. You're Apollo with the arrow If your body's Picasso You're hollow, you're narrowed You're a bottom-up riser A top-down fighter You're an inside trader You're a riot insider And you Can be the queen with your own crown Oh, now doesn't that sound cool? 
resonates with me because I don't know if I've ever told you this, Evan, but I only lost three teeth naturally. Really? Yeah. So when I was a kid, I lost like my two front teeth and they were the first ones I lost. And then none of my other teeth got loose. The other ones would just start to grow in. So I basically was like a little shark child. And so I would have to go to the dentist when the other teeth started to grow in um, because it would be painful to have that many teeth. And they would, you know, numb my mouth with Novocaine and pull out the tooth. And I had this weird thing. Yeah. And we're like, when your tooth get loose, right, it's because the root of your baby tooth starts to disintegrate and it falls out to make room for the adult tooth. Mine never did that. So they would pull out this tooth and it would have the whole root still attached. Mm Mm-hmm. Just and it was just gnarly. There'd be deep holes in my mouth and lots of like cotton wool. And I mm. remember one time having to go to the mall after and just like drooling blood. And um, I saved them all because it looks so gnarly. And I used them in a prop in a horror movie in college. So my mom actually mailed them to me. <laughs> she just mailed me a bag full of my own baby teeth. And I still have them. They're now in a they're they're in a bag at my parents' house. And I found out since then. No, I just like to have them because I found out since asking my mom to mail them to me, and she did, like it was no big deal, that it's actually like a very creepy thing. Because not only did I collect (laughs) and save my own teeth as a child, when my childhood dog lost her puppy teeth, I collected and saved her teeth, and I still have those as well. So in my bag back home, I have a bag full of child human teeth and puppy teeth. Yeah, yeah I think some people would think that's kind of weird, but I think <laughs> fine. That's I fine. think it's it's pretty metal, you know? It's pretty metal. Pretty Very metal. heavy meddy. Very heavy meddy. Yeah, I was a heavy meddy kid, you know? Yeah. But no, that's why I like the... <laughs> Maybe that's the episode title, Heavy Meddy Kid. Heavy Meddy Kid. But, um... Yeah, so I I like this song because I do remember you working on it, and I do remember you talking to me about how you were puzzling with these two interpretations, and I thought that was really cool. I think that was around the time, actually, when you started to, like, go get your nails done, done? I can't remember, but I just thought the conglomeration of all of these things, like you starting to wear more makeup and do your nails more and writing the song with, like, more than one thing and still working on I just felt like you were really coming onto your own as, like, an artist, uh... Yeah. In that in that time frame of knowing you and you were driving here a lot, actually, during I that think when I was doing this, I think during like February when I was writing this song and, you know, all of the other songs from Bones actually blocked to be pulled. And all the songs from Bones were written within like the two week span. I think that was when we first had the idea for Pizza My Heart. And I think that's when we first recorded like our 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 demo episode of this podcast, so. Yeah, wow, so many things coming together. Like I said, like those six songs, Bones and then To Be Pulled and Blocked, all coming out around the same time, or all coming out of me at the same time, was a very (laughs) clear, like, I have internalized all the things I learned in poetry class in college, and like, now I'm writing songs again, and I'm writing about things that I want to write about, And I'm not just writing made up stories. I mean, all of the stuff from Bones is like none of that is based on anything. But it was really the first time where I, you know, got to the point where I was consistently writing songs that I was happy 
uh, with how much, you know, emotional resonance they had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, definitely. Uh, do you want to just kind of speed through the rest of these questions? Yeah, let's make sure we get them all in there. Um, so Danny asks, how long did you work on the album? Yeah, so the first song, uh, like I said, Save Quit was written in 2016, and Whole Heart Shape came after that. And But there was a lot of time during that period when I wasn't writing anything. Actually, the process of once we knew what songs were going to be on this and starting to record them was August of 2019. So it was a little over a year, or, or around a year of working on the album. Awesome. Yeah. Let's, um, all right, so we're going to speed round. Do you want me to hit all the rest of Sarah's questions too? Yeah. All right. So Sarah asked, which song was the hardest to write and why? Uh, neutral, because I was writing in that emotional state, like that I said that I don't normally do. Uh, so that one, you know, was kind of tough. And more to read, like I said, very complex rhyme scheme that I had to go back into. And I was like, oh, no, I have to do like two more of these. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. How did you decide which instruments to use on each track? It's a good question. Yeah. Uh, so most of my songs start on acoustic guitar. So we normally record that consistently. We'll have bass, drums and electric guitar as well. Uh, not always, but we kind of start from those things and then see what else we can do, like what else is available for us. Um, like Ben had a little, you know, I don't know if it's a glockenspiel or whatever, but, you know, doing those little bell sounds on Never Go Without. It's like, what do we have? What do we think will work? Let's try something. A lot of the times I hear the part in my head and I think, okay, here's the part. I think this is on a synth or it's on a very distorted electric guitar. And so we try those out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then... Oh, I really like this question a lot from Sarah. Is there a color you associate with the album as a whole? Yeah, probably, you know, yellow orange, which is what the album art is. I don't remember if I told Natalie specifically that I wanted that color, but it's kind of a color that I wear a lot. So I think a lot of people associate it with me. And this album is the first one where I'm writing very truthfully for the whole thing. So it kind of makes sense that it matches you know, what I do a lot. You do wear a lot of like mustard yellow in my opinion. I, yeah, Dijon is definitely yeah. the color of this album. <laughs> um, and what's your favorite way to listen to the album? More to read. In the car. I think it's a great car album. Mm, yeah, you do a lot of driving. Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to skip down to Chris's songs. I was really hoping you'd say something like upside down in a tree fort, but you didn't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, which song was the hardest to record? All right. Um, Probably Cat Pictures, because I'm very bad at singing that song. And Relativize, because it's kind of a more difficult guitar part than I normally do. So having to keep that on beat and right tempo was... uh, was, uh, Finger flexibility and speed, dexterity. Because, you know, I can do it, but it's like making sure that you're getting a good take for the whole song, you know? You know what I do when I'm recording my platinum record rock albums? Yeah, what's to up? To warm up my fingers. I just play some Guitar Hero, bro. Genuinely. <laughs> guitar Hero is a gigantic reason why I play guitar and listen to the music uh, that I like. you know, Or listen to the music that I liked in high school. But it's also Actually, a big reason why I'm like as good at guitar as I am because my finger dexterity is like very good. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I know I told you this before. I'm diverging for a second, but I've always wanted to play drums. 
And I was talking to, to my partner about it, and I was like, yeah, I always want to play drums. And he was like, yeah, girl drummers are hot. And I was like, I know they are, but also it just sounds really cool. My parents wouldn't let me play drums. Understandably so. So I was like, but you know what? I was always really good at rock band. I always played drums. And he mm-hmm. was like, you know, you probably would actually be okay at drums if you're good because it's kind of just like a regular electric drum set. Yeah. And I was like, oh. Maybe it's not too late. Maybe after the pandemic, I'll learn how to play drums. I'll get an electric drum set. And then when I have an apartment of my own or an apartment with my partner someday, I can just get a real drum set and hopefully they won't care. That'll be good. I think you should do that. I would love to. I feel like I already kind of have the look. Definitely. But um, yeah, and I'm always air drumming and I'm always like a little self-conscious because I'm like, am I actually drumming something in the air that sounds bad? And someone around me is a great drummer and they know anyway no i think it's fine (laughs) that's all okay so back to chris's question uh is there any song you wish you could tweak and if yes which one and how would you change it that's a great question chris uh so for save quit there was this idea that we'd have this dynamically building instrumental and each verse would have this kind of different style to it uh and we abandoned that because it was you know going to be a lot of work but i think it it would it would have been cool to see what would have happened with And then which song are you the most lyrically proud of? I already talked about To Be Pulled. There's some some of my favorite lines are in that, but I think Blocked also has a lot of my favorite lines, and I love the flow and the assonance and and being able to not only get to a place where I feel like I'm saying something important, but also say it in a, a way that, like, if I weren't saying anything important here, it would still sound good, but I am also saying something that I think is pretty cool. I think Blocked has a lot of that, and I'm very proud of that. Awesome. And then this last question makes me feel like you and Chris are good buds, but uh, they ask, (laughs) how does it feel making a no-skip album? Um, (laughs) So it's, I mean, it's cool. It's very validating, but I I sort of, I mean that more so as like, there were songs that I would have cut from this album if I needed to have a shorter album. And seeing people say, that's my favorite one is like, oh, that's cool. I didn't, I genuinely didn't like, I I am glad to hear that people can get something out of the songs that I, you know, wasn't as confident in. So that's pretty validating. That is validating. And especially if it's yeah. a song you were like going to ditch. Um, yeah. I mean, it, there well, wasn't anything I, where I was like, I don't like this, but it was like, is this really going to be a strong member of this album compared to some of the other stuff? But, you know, I'm, I'm really happy yeah. with, uh, you know what we did i was thinking about which songs i would skip and then i realized that even if i wanted to i couldn't because one we're we have to listen to everything on the album that we're talking about those are the rules yeah. and two two you're my friend and i would never skip a song on a friend's like project because how else would mm-hmm. i like give them feedback even if something wasn't my favorite you know so Sure. I was like, ooh, what would I skip? I told Evan I'd be really hard on him. But then I was like, oh, I can't. I couldn't skip anything. It, just, it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's very sweet. I would no, actually. So I, I was. You, we were so. actually. <laughs> thanks. Uh, Unfazed. Unfazed. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Um, I think we were. Cons- I think if I had to cut anything else, it probably would have been suddenly, eventually and uh, never go without. I think those were the ones that I think I probably was going to get rid of if I wanted, because I wanted this to be a shorter album, but then I, 
I kind of didn't want to cut those, but if I needed to, mm-hmm. those were going to be the ones. But I'm I'm happy that they are mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't get sacrificed either, midsummer yes. style. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we have just one more question, Ev. Is there anything else you'd like to say before I ask it? Um, I mean, just, I mean, thank you to everyone who's listened to the album. Like, I appreciate that a lot of these questions are coming from people that I know and some of them aren't. And that's really cool. Like, I know that this album is like the most successful musical thing that I've put out and I'm so proud of it. Uh, it makes me feel really good to see that people are impacted by it. So just like a big thank you to everybody for listening. Thank you to Ben and Spencer for, you know, your work on the album musically. Thank you to Natalie Padberg Bartu for the album art. And thank you to everyone who, you know, <laughs> I wrote songs about and didn't, you know, didn't ask you if I could, but um I still I still do appreciate it. Well, I didn't get a song, so um, you got a podcast. I'm just teasing. Sometimes I tease my partner and I'm like, hey, are any of these songs about me? And he's like, no, they're about human experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) But also it's fine. The funny thing is that when I write Um, poems, (laughs) when I write poems, he assumes that they're all about him. But none of them really are. There's a few, but I'm like, hey, here's a love poem I wrote for you. Um, So it's just funny how that works out. Um, Yeah. So actually, one of my friend, my friend Kendall asked, where are all the songs about me? (laughs) Which I thought was really funny because my next album uh, actually has like four songs about Kendall. So I was like, next time, next time we do an episode about that, uh, you'll definitely. I also told them that I would shout them out. So I had to. Yeah. But like Morta Reed has three songs about, you know, the person I was dating for the period of time when I was writing most of these songs. And, you know, that's, you know, never go without neutral and suddenly eventually. And those aren't exactly like, you know, one's a love song, but the other two are like, I'm really sad. So maybe maybe you don't always want your partner to write songs inspired by you. But yeah, no, you might find out something you don't want. I had a guy who dated me and then broke up with me, wrote a song about my autoimmune disease and how much it made his life shitty. Jesus. Yeah. And it came out like the funny thing is when we were dating, I was always like, Oh, you gotta write a song about me. They had lots of love songs, this person. And Uh he was like, Oh, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, you'll write one about me when we break up. Cause I kind of knew it wasn't going to happen. And Mm -hmm. then he started dating someone else and cheated on me and you know, the whole thing. But then like, a month after he released a new single and I was like, you mother trucker. <laughs> like, so first of all, how insulting. But second of all, even if this wasn't about me to write a song about anyone's autoimmune disease and like shit on it, like honestly, burn in hell. Like, terrible. come on. Objectively like, terrible. How selfish can you be? And also like he... Didn't, he wasn't the healthiest of people either. Uh-huh. I'll just put it out there. So sure. that's the only song that's, well, my cousin wrote a song once that was like, I call my cousin on the weekends or something like that. And that's me. Classic. So that, that makes me feel better. But there really aren't any good songs about Katie's. Yeah, that's a shame. There's like, Ben Folds has Kate, but you know, that's yeah, not really. Not, not Katie, really but I do like Kate. I do like, that's the only redeeming song about Katie's. And then there's one from World War II, but it's called the Stuttering Song. And it's like, Katie. <laughs> okay. 
But other than that, you have like the a song off Miserable at Best. It's like, I know you're trying your hardest. And it's all about failing. So maybe cursed. I'll maybe I'll get a Katie song out there then. It's fine. It can't be Katie. It has to be K eight zero. And K8-0. I like actually yeah. you have an autoimmune disease, but I think it's pretty cool. It's not bad. It doesn't inconvenience me at all. Thanks, dog. <laughs> that's the song. That was just like the most annoying thing that's probably ever happened to me in my life. And I was like, you know what? I'm glad we're not dating because you're I'm, a yeah. monster. That's you terrible. are a monster, sir. So bad. Um, he also like really talked up my autoimmune disease and made it sound like I was dying the whole time. And it was like, maybe I will die before you, but like dramatic much. Anyway, yeah, Richard wants to know. If there will be a sequel and he gives you some suggestions for names or titles. So will there be a sequel and will it be called Less to Read, Evan, Even More to Read, Too Much to Read, or will it be called More Reading, Tokyo Drift? I think it has to be Too Much to Read. Like you got to say it like that exactly. And so, okay, so a couple things. Uh, I made a playlist called Less to Read and it's just More to Read Backwards, which I think (laughs) is a completely different experience. I think my friend, I think my friend Miller came up with that idea. So um, that's an experience. I think it's better the way it is, but <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. And I am actually going to use this opportunity. So I'm going to burn some fucking CDs for this album because I don't want to worry about like having, you know, sending it off and having professional CDs made. I don't really want to mess around with that until I'm like doing shows. So I'm just going to like post like, hey, do you want a CD? Give me your address and I'll send one to you. And so we're going to like burn them and, and put bonus tracks on there. And those bonus tracks officially, thank you, Richard. I'm going to call the bonus tracks Too Much To Read. Wow. It's going to be its own thing and it's going to be Too Much To Read and it's just going to come after More To Read on the CD. Because it's like CDs have like 80 minutes that you can put stuff in and the album's like 40. So yeah, gotta, you know who you know. also does that or something like that is our, our pal Basic Printer. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he'll also just mail you stuff occasionally. I follow his Instagram still. I think that's so. cool. Mailing Maybe people you guys stuff can, is very cool. you guys can collab on how to make that work if you need any ideas for marketing. I'll ask him about media mail. Yeah. Um, but also, so there's not going to be a sequel to this conceptually uh, because this was, I think this is kind of the style that I write songs in now, so I can't kind of keep try, drawing back to it. I have to kind of be more specific with my topics uh, for full albums moving forward because this is kind of, I think I've found what my lyrical style is, but I'm currently working on a new album. Uh, It's pretty much all the way written as far as I know. And the working title is Distances, uh, which I'm not married to, but that's kind of the concept behind the album. So, you know, I'm looking for like more interesting things. My brand manager suggests that I should call it Kendall because like 40% of the songs are about them. But um, <laughs> You could name it Ken Doll, K-E-N I, slash D-O-L-L. And yeah, and so it's a, and then it's just, I add in a cover of Barbie World. Um, yes. And it's a whole thing. To the um, tune of To Be Pulled. <laughs> you can take a break from being in a box crate and maybe you're made of plastic, but 
I still think you're great. That's not even how the fucking song goes. I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't actually. I don't. I only remember the chorus. That's it. And I remember when Ken goes, come on, Barbie, let's go. Bar-. I don't know why my uh, Ken uh, sounds. Uh, uh, no. My Ken sounds awful, but you get the yeah, That was Ken running out of batteries. <laughs> that was. Yeah, uh. no, yeah. Ken having a hard uh, time. Uh, uh, yeah. Um. <sighs> That's good. Good episode. I think we're at the end. That was all the questions we had. And we, you know, we talked on three songs and I feel like that was like, I was really, that was really fun. I th- I think, uh, I, w- I was really, you know, balancing, like, I want to have confidence in, in the things that I make, but I also don't want to like be too self-absorbed when it comes to talking about my work. It's kind of a hard balance to do because, you know, it's my podcast and I don't want to, I don't want to use it as just like here, I'm promoting myself. That's what this is about. You know, I wanted to use an opportunity to talk about an album that I do genuinely think is really good. So thank you for, you know, you're the one who, you know, wanted to do this episode. You're like, you pushed us to do this. And uh, it's true. I did. I'm a pusher. It's good pushing. A good Um, pusher. Good pusher. But yeah, that's that's the end. Um, You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll go out on one of the tracks. I don't know. There's not really anything that short that we haven't already listened to. So. Maybe but, um, I'll just end with the guitar solo of More to Read. <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah. I um, think I think anything else like, you want to talk about? No, I think um, you know, if you're listening on iTunes or on iPodcasts or whatever that shit's called these days, give us a rating, leave us a comment. It's helpful. I know most people listen on Spotify, etc., but it is really nice to kind of see that interaction with the audience or just like talk to us on our Instagram because we aren't running out of ideas because we talked about Evan, but Evan and I have a finite knowledge of music and there are lots of people in this world that know their local bands and love them. So send us any ideas if you got them and we'd be so happy to chat about them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, On Instagram, we are at pizza my heart pod katie is at cherub sandwich.avi and i am at evan out of 10 the 10 is one zero also if you are listening to us on spotify make sure you're following us so you get when the episodes come in and also uh i think that's good for our analytics or algorithm or some shit i don't know but yeah. um who knows how yeah. that works we hope you we hope you like it and uh you know uh, uh take another Little, Little pizza, pizza my heart. Our heart. Now, now baby. Baby, let's go crazy. Ah, uh, 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 yeah. yeah. Take a little pizza, my heart. Uh, 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 yum. Uh, yeah. It could be like yum, 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 yum. Yum, yum, yeah. <laughs> Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> okay, that's the end. <laughs> and then she could burn her mouth with the cheese and go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Podcast over. Bend. <laughs> <laughs>